0: All right, woohoo! Welcome back to See Here Love and our yes. Ask the Experts panel. Welcome, Mary, Ellen, Sue, and Deborah. Welcome, all of you. Woohoo! It's good to have us all back together. I know yes. everybody's been really busy. And I am mm. so glad we're back for this topic mm. longing for love. And belonging. Yep. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. So I think this conversation is going to be really important. Now, Mary, just quickly, you brought this to my attention. Like, this is really important. You're seeing mm-hmm. people really struggling with this. Why?
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's such a core part of how we're wired. Mm-hmm. It's part of our identity, it's part of our survival that we need to be in relationships. Right. And so a lot of issues come up because of this being unresolved or broken or struggling in these areas. So I thought this would be a perfect time. We're in the month of February, the month of love. Yes. To talk about this.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love this. Okay, so Deborah, I want to ask you, let's start with Deborah, because I want to ask about, in this longing for love and belonging, many of us make really bad decisions about relationships and, and we, and we live and we choose unhealthy relationships. Why is that? Should we know better?
2: (laughs) Well, that's a tricky question. Should we know better? Because, you know, one thing that I've found with working with a lot of clients, especially with toxic relationships or cycles of unhealthy relationships is that we attract and engage with people based on what we believe we deserve. So when our beliefs are not in line with God's truth, we're going to start making poor relationship choices because it's based on what we believe we deserve. Mm. And there's so many different factors that get in the way of us believing good and healthy things about who we are, our our identity in Christ. Um, and, And a lot of that stems from brokenness from our past Things we've experienced in our family of origin, a lack of love, neglect, trauma, whatever it might be, we start believing unhealthy things about ourselves. And then our relationships begin to line up to those unhealthy beliefs
0: wow yeah okay so we have to take a pause on that because I'm just literally going back into my history Mm. and seeing what what actually caused some of my and yeah poor relationship choices now Ellen and Sue I see you nodding as Deborah's talking (laughs) you're like yes yes what do you what are you two thinking as she says this about choosing unhealthy relationships Ellen
3: yeah and I I see this again. It feels one of those, like this feels a bit raw because we all have had bad and tough relationships. And it's that brokenness that we don't, it kind of can be our blind spot in my experience. So you've got this blind spot saying, I don't realize How I keep picking these relationships and actually you have to have good friends like I have Mary saying, Ellen, you see the world with rose colored glasses (laughs) and helping me understand that my Enneagram too is getting in my way of having healthy relationships (laughs) because just want to help people that don't want to be helped
1: right exactly and yeah and
4: you know I for for myself and and I see it so often it's just this self-fulfilling prophecy of you know I so want to be accepted I so want to be loved if I keep trying harder if I just keep pushing if I can convince you that I'm worthy then it will finally work Mm. and it will never work um if you if it is one-sided it just but it's so hard to break that cycle
0: oh yeah it's good yeah I was
1: gonna add like that's it, it, you know recognizing our our past and our history absolutely impacts the way we do relationships. But for those of us who've grown up in you know very difficult home environments, we tend to actually idealize what relationships ought to be like Mm. well only when I find my prince charming or if I just get out of this Mm -hmm. situation or if I find that perfect person and then of course life always falls short relationships always fall short and so one of the things we talk about often is that we're not
0: seeking perfect we're seeking good enough and that's important Mm -hmm. Well, imagine—I mean, this is why this conversation is so important, because if we can just stop one young woman or man mm-hmm. from from making an unhealthy relationship choice because they're listening to this and go, oh, I should look back at these things. I, I want to go back, Deborah, to what you said and, and maybe just quickly around the circle about causes of why we go into unhealthy relationships, because mm-hmm. you said trauma, family of origin— mm-hmm. Uh, What other things, and and Sue and Ellen and Mary, think about that maybe from personal, but what are some of the things that people can relate to that are like, that has caused me to choose?
2: Well, I also want people to realize that it doesn't have to be as extreme as trauma, neglect, abuse, because we all have something in our life that shapes what we believe about ourselves. Maybe Mm -hmm. you were bullied in high school, maybe an ex broke your heart, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this huge thing. I think the key is really getting to the bottom of what do I really believe about myself? What do Mm -hmm. I really believe that I deserve? Mm -hmm. Because it might not be as big and drastic, uh, this big thing in your past, it could just be a series of tiny little beliefs. And I think sometimes those unhealthy beliefs become so familiar to us that we don't even recognize we're believing them and we choose what's familiar over what's healthy. So it really takes work for us to kind of isolate those insecurities and things that might be holding us back. That's good.
4: I love what you just said there. I I love what you just said about not really stopping and understanding what it is we deserve. I speak to so many young women who are in unhealthy relationships and talk to them about how they deserve to be treated. Mm. And, and sometimes it's just like this light goes on of, I never really actually believe that because I never asked myself that question.
1: Mm. So good. And, And and we can
3: compromise. So in this idea of, okay, it's good enough, we don't have to have the perfect friendship or relationship, but it's good enough. And, and sometimes I think we just start stretching our boundaries and our boundaries, and you know, they keep stretching, stretching, stretching till you don't recognize who you are anymore Mm -hmm. and why you can't remember how you got to this place if that makes Mm -hmm. sense because we just wanted that connection so badly
1: we want love so badly so if we're getting cues from people that i need to Mm -hmm. be this way or that way or this way then that shapes the way i respond to them the way i
0: shape I, I respond to relationships. Good, you know, Mary. One of the things too is we're, we're, we're you know, sort of defining why we choose unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. There might be the blind spots of we don't even know we're in an unhealthy relationship. Exactly. So I want to talk about yes, what does an unhealthy relationship look like? Because I think some people are going to be like oh i'm in an unhealthy relationship no wonder i feel this way or no wonder so let i want i want to hear from you all about what is an unhealthy relationship
1: yes um (laughs) you know if it was so evident that you're being abused it's easy to call it out easier Mm -hmm. but it's the subtleties it's the ways in which um the unhealth kind of hides underneath the surface Mm. so as an example um uh, enmeshed relationships. Well, what's an enmeshed relationships? So when people don't have good boundaries between each other. Uh, what about mm. a codependent relationship? That's when your unhealth somehow validates or continues to support my unhealth as mine does yours. And we stay in this dance because mm-hmm. it kind of works, but it doesn't really because it keeps us in these right. unhealthy patterns. But the one that really has, I've struggled with, is something I call nice narcissism. That nice is, narcissism. Yes, that is okay. so hard to identify because they're kind in person when you talk to them. They're lovely, they're warm, they're friendly. But something seems a little off because they don't follow through with what they commit to do. Right. And if there's any issues, They never take responsibility. I mean, that's one of the signs of narcissism, an unwillingness to take responsibility for their part. They aren't able to see the damage or the hurt that they do. Mm -hmm. And somehow they're able to reframe things that they're the victim. Oh.
0: So So those are three big ones. Big ones.
1: And then as somebody who's a people pleaser, I end up um, thinking, maybe it is my fault. And I'm apologizing, apologizing. Mm -hmm. I end up like self gaslighting. I'm believing that somehow I'm the one who's guilty and I have to
0: fix it. Wow. Those are big. I'm like processing this (laughs) going, okay. I'm thinking through, I'm thinking through. Uh, Sue, Ellen, Deborah. So Sue, for you, uh, what would you say an unhealthy relationship looks like in your experience or in what, in, in, in the people that you know and that you've seen?
4: Yeah, uh, for me often what I see is it's very one-sided is mm-hmm. that when you when you are in the relationship or you when you come out of a conversation even a difficult conversation there's a winner and there's a loser. Mm-hmm. And in my mind if it's a healthy relationship both people even if it's been really difficult come out better people. And when it's one-sided and one person is always walking away holding on to mm-hmm. that little bit of power and someone else is walking away with a little bit less, it's very unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. So a
0: power dynamic for you it's so are saying there's always like a winner and mm-hmm loser. Mm. It's a power dynamic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
3: Ellen. Yeah. For me, it's that when you always are walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. you're afraid to say the wrong thing. You know that if you say even just slightly the wrong thing, you won't be forgiven. It'll never be forgotten.
4: Hmm. And
3: you stay in that friendship or that relationship because it feels like you don't want to sacrifice it. And so you'll sacrifice your own mental health mm-hmm. instead uh-huh. of sacrificing the friendship. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: These are, these yeah, are really and going good. with yeah. going with what Sue is saying, you know, one thing that I've observed in my life and in others is uh, to me, a healthy relationship is like a plant and i think one thing that we don't realize is that you can give a plant too much water mm-hmm. and you will kill that plant yes you know we a, a lot of times in relationships we talk about not giving enough especially in christianity you just got to give more give more give more mm-hmm. but here's the thing if you give too much you will kill that relationship and for me to avoid one-sided relationships i've had to really take ownership of my tendency to give too much mm-hmm. and learn to set boundaries and watch how the health of that relationship unfolds. So sometimes it actually means learning to give a little bit less.
0: Wow. Oh, oh, wow. So we've got so give a bit good. less. Yeah. If we're walking on eggshells, if there's a power dynamic, nice narcissism, yeah. um, codependency. I think we've covered a lot a of lot them. Of things, I think everybody yeah. here is like, check or at least one or maybe a couple. It's, it's, it, this is really good. I can't wait to have more conversation about how from identifying unhealthy relationships, what do we do what about, do it? We do about exactly. it now into health? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So good. So to continue this
1: conversation, let's go to Colleen Blake Miller. She's a registered psychotherapist and a past guest on See Her Love. And she shares from the good word, Romans twelve five. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other.
5: Thank you, Melinda and panel, for such a great discussion. Such an important uh, topic. Uh, When I think of love and belonging, uh, the longing for love and belonging, uh, the passage in Romans 12 and 5, it reminds us not to think too highly of ourselves and our abilities, uh, but it says so it is with Christ's body we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. When I think of my own experiences around this subject, I am brought back to years uh, growing up in elementary and junior high school, being the only Black girl in all of my classes and really feeling like I didn't belong, uh, really feeling like I didn't fit in. And for anybody watching who can relate to an experience like that, you know it can be very, very devastating. But this uh, challenge around longing for love and belonging, it doesn't just uh, uh, speak to those who feel as though they're outcast. It's really uh, just a human experience. We come out of the womb crying for attention, crying for love, crying for a sense of security. And we don't outgrow that. Because we have been created by a relational God as relational beings. There is a longing within us to connect, to be loved, and this is nothing to be ashamed of. So it is God's will that we all live from a place where we experience His love and genuinely know that we belong to Him. It is also our responsibility as followers of Christ to create spaces where others experience love and where others recognize that they belong. So today I challenge us to prayerfully consider how we can begin to love those within our community, to love our neighbors as it were, a little bit more today.
0: Thanks, Colleen Blake Miller. I love her thoughts on the good word on this verse. All right, we're moving now from unhealthy relationships to choosing healthy relationships. Yay, all right, all right. So this is what we're, we're really gonna help people here. So let's start with this. What are some of the qualities that help people feel that they belong? Um, what do you see as a result of this? So I think towards healthy relationships, we need a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. What is it going to take? Uh, Deborah, let's start with you, your thoughts on that.
2: You know, I'm looking for a relationship with trust. I think that's one of the big things that we're looking for when it comes to developing healthy relationships, that give and take. We talked earlier about the plant analogy, a relationship with trust both parties are giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. And so I think the give and take is a really important part of growth and healthy relationships.
0: Mm. Okay, it's mm-hmm. good. Sue?
4: Yeah, I think... Um, when we are able to acknowledge one another without feeling we need to agree with one another is incredibly powerful. There's so many reasons why we avoid conversations and avoid connections uh, because we feel there's going to be this conflict, but we don't need to agree. We just need to understand and get to know people.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really Very good. good. Yeah, and I would say when we, not to play off the name of the show, but when we know <laughs> that we are seen and we are heard And we are loved in a relationship, then it allows us to take risks and it allows us to grow in new ways. And I think so we have to be those people that commit to seeing other people and knowing them and not just imagining what we think they should be, but seeing Mm -hmm. them for who they are. It allows them to actually grow and for us to grow together. Oh, that's good. So
1: good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that science shows that we all have these same needs. So kind of going practically, the, the aspect about communication, we long for clarity in communication. Uh, talk to us directly, be kind as you do it, so we know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same as parents, uh, certainly the same in our work environment, so important. Uh, another aspect is the autonomy to make your own decisions. Okay. Within mm. the context of the age and stage that the child is at, or the responsibility or skill level of the uh, team member, but like the, the, the that you respect me in having a say mm. is so important. Um, also, the freedom to fail. Like, <laughs> I can fail, and I can yeah. grow, and I can learn, and this is important. Um, All too often we step in and we either try to correct or we're, you know, criticizing and it shuts people down. Um, The ability to um, have safety, you know, like physical safety for sure, but even emotional and
0: psychological safety. Yeah, I'm thinking through all these things. These are big things, Mm because this is what we're choosing toward and in healthy relationships. But I also need to be a person to create healthy relationships. Exactly. Right. Like I have to put the onus on me as I'm thinking this. I'm like, wait a second. Am I creating codependency? Wait, am I having mm-hmm. a? Am I the power person here in mm-hmm. this? Like, I'm actually. As you're thinking, you guys, I'm actually personally doing inventory yes. of relationship. How does what what is that like? You know, Sue Allen and Deborah Mary. Like, how do you put that onus on yourself to say, you know, I want to be a person that creates healthy relationship. Well, you know, if like you're, when,
1: if you're not healthy. You cannot have healthy relationships. Right. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. So
2: you're you're on the right track. Deborah, your thoughts as I'm I'm thinking through this. It's true. It's true. Healthy people make Mm -hmm. healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And even with my clients, a lot of times I'll put the ownership on them. And what's interesting, you guys, is that sometimes people in our culture push back against that and they say, Well, don't shame people, don't make it all their fault. But I don't see it as shaming. I see it as If you have no role in the relationship, then you have no control because you can't control what other people do. So you almost have to put it on you as far as, how can I set boundaries? How can I give less? Mm. How can I, what, what can I do to create these healthy relationships? So I think this is a really important point, Melinda. Mm -hmm, Very much. I think it is as well. And I, I don't
4: think we can underestimate the, the need to ask for feedback and to have conversations Mm -hmm. to, you know, I can think that what I am doing is fostering a healthy relationship, but if that's not how it's being received or perceived, then it's not helpful. And so I need to be willing to learn and be vulnerable and realize that there, things that I may be able to do better
3: yeah Hmm. I mean doing better we we need to create these safe spaces and I can't emphasize Mm -hmm. that enough and I actually encourage having a safe space manifesto and (laughs) I mean I'm the one who has to be guided by that manifesto and then other people so Mm -hmm. how do we not talk about each other in ways that would Mm -hmm. take people down. How do we show up when we talk to each other? Mm -hmm. How do we um, cultivate the relationship in a way that really is safe? Because I have learned over and over that as women, we are so longing for those safe relationships. Mm -hmm. We have to be those safe people. Mm
0: -hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus, you know, as all of us Mm -hmm. are Jesus followers, How does Jesus play into when we're in an unhealthy relationship? What do we do? And when we're moving towards or we may be in a healthy relationship, how does Jesus work in how we live, create safe spaces and all the things you've said? Um, Because I think that's an important part. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a separate part. It's definitely an integrated, full on Jesus as part of this. Mm -hmm. Mary, let's start with you. Yeah, we are made to be in relationship with God. I mean, I've heard it said
1: before, there's a God sized hole in our heart. Mm-hmm. And when we are moving towards other people, they always fall short. And we then end up in a place of insecurity and fear and possessiveness and jealousy and all that, not so good things for mm-hmm. relationships. But if we recognize that, that whole is meant to be filled with God and I can really allow his spirit not just to be in me but to experience his love at a deep felt level then if I know I am so loved and I don't have to do a single thing mm-hmm. to earn a bit more of his love I don't need to go around mm-hmm. trying to please everybody else and trying to make them love me yeah
0: right so it's so key and and That's is the answer yeah that's freeing yeah that's very liberating and freeing um, as we go about life. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Sue? Uh,
4: yeah, to be really practical, I think the greatest example that Jesus gave us is he just is love. And, you know, if I go by my default, there's lots of days where I just don't feel love. And the choice that I have when I don't feel love is to choose to show love because that's what he did. And if I choose to show love, the feeling of love is usually right behind it. Right. So it's actionable.
0: Yeah, that's good, 100% actionable, yeah. And I would say, you know, I've studied a lot
3: about attachment theory as an adoptive mom and to remember that I think God is really the author of attachment theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what we are safe in him. We are seen in him. We are known, fully known in him and accepted as we are and loved that way. It allows us to take risks in relationship mm. and it allows us to try new things and it allows us to be ourselves and to say, I, I know I'm broken um, and I'm going to be okay. Cause God has my back <laughs> and, and I can, jump, I can step back into him for the affirmation and not looking for the affirmation from other people. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I love that, you know, kind of replacing what we think with God's truth. If what we said earlier is true, we engage with relationships based on what we believe that we deserve. Well, those unhealthy beliefs need to be replaced by God's truth. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was such a huge part in starting the process of developing healthy relationships. If you believe I need to be good in order to be loved. God says, you are loved just as you are. Mm -hmm. If I believe, well, I can't have healthy relationships because of my past. I don't deserve it. God says you deserve it because of what Christ has done Mm -hmm. in and through you. When you start changing those beliefs about what you believe about the world, what you believe about yourself, it starts to change the dynamic of your relationships too. And I think it's a daily process of checking in. Okay, what do I really believe about myself and how is that overflowing into my relationships? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Powerful. And you know, when I think back to what Colleen shared about that we are all one body, We all belong to one another. Mm -hmm. I think as women, as we're sharing, there is a commitment here that we as women that follow Jesus need to create those spaces Mm -hmm. um, for healthy relationships. And if we are in an unhealthy relationship, if I'm kind of the perpetrator of it or the the instigator of it, then I need to be responsible and be honest about it. If I find myself in an unhealthy relationship, then what you're all saying, it's like, what do I do? So what is that then? What is the first step? If I'm like, okay... I realize I'm in an unhealthy relationship. What's the first thing I can do then to make that step forward towards a healthy relationship? Mm-hmm. And, and I know that there's some some circumstances where there may be like leaving the relationship. Mm-hmm. But what would you say, um, really practical, that could be the first step mm-hmm. towards healthy relationship Mm -hmm. Mary. inside out
1: so look within yourself like you said be the healthiest version of yourself get some support as you need to but then on the outside you begin to look at your relationships and which ones are healthy which ones are not and how are you going to set boundaries and some of those relationships may have to end if that person is unwilling to own their part Mm -hmm. and that's such a powerful place to be to be able to say i have say
0: over my heart in my relationships okay yeah. so first thing is inside out have sort of an inventory that's what's, right what's going on and then we set those boundaries yes. on on right. to protect change ourselves. Right, change myself, okay. and then decide how does this affect mm-hmm.
1: relationships outside, which ones are healthy, okay. not healthy, which ones are open, and I always give people a chance, at least have the honest conversation, and if they're resistant, or they're, they're not willing to own their part of it, then you know that relationship can't continue in
0: a healthy way. Okay, and it is okay, I just want you to all affirm to me, it is okay to end a relationship. Absolutely. Okay, because there's a lot of people who say, I can't end a relationship, will just kind of keep it going. But what right. you're saying is if it's unhealthy, you can and you should end it. And you okay. may be preventing them from growing because they're not facing truth. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Okay, Ellen, a takeaway yeah. here I'll of what say. we can it, do
3: it's okay to end a relationship, but it's sure not easy. Yes. That's, you know, one of the things to remember. And I will, I can't take any credit for this. This is a hundred percent Mary, because we had a call one time we were talking as friends and she said to me, Ellen, I think you have some unhealthy relationships. And she actually challenged me to categorize my relationships, which felt so gross and horrible. But she said, you have to think of like, who are the people who Really are you like it's a mutual friendship where you're really building into each other's lives. And then who are the people that are just for having fun with? <laughs> you know that you're acquaintances and you have fun? and then who are the people that you're doing ministry to? And if that doing ministry to category is way bigger than the people that you have a mutually beneficial relationship, you need to actually look at where you're building friendships. right That was a huge challenge to me. Super practical.
0: Good. Hmm. great. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah. I go, uh, so, uh, to the, yeah, go
2: ahead, Deborah. <laughs> I go back to the boundaries conversation again, just because I think it's so important for us as women. You know, when I sense that there's an unhealthy relationship in my life, now what? Now it's on me to do something about it. Because now that I, I'm aware of it, I've got to take inventory of how I'm investing my time. I've got to take inventory of my emotional expenditure, my communication, um, how much I'm giving to that relationship and realize, okay, if I really want to protect myself from health, from unhealthy relationships, I got to set boundaries around my life. I've got to pull back. I've got to be, um, able to say no and not commit or not engage as much, not be available at you know this person's beck and call, mm. and so I think to just really take inventory of our boundaries and in how we're actually interacting and what we're giving is so empowering to start changing the dynamic. Okay,
4: and Sue and I think. You know, before the result is an unhealthy relationship, there are a lot of unhealthy behaviors that we need to be aware of, and we need to have those conversations to agree on what the healthy behaviors look like, and then hold each other accountable. And if it again, if it's one-sided, it doesn't work. I remember very early on, before I married my husband, us defining what trust and respect would look like, how we would actually demonstrate that, and when we agreed on what that would look like, um, both of us had to be willing to change. Our- our behavior. It's the best conversation I think we've ever had.
0: Well, this is one of the best conversations I've ever had (laughs) in that so much scary about the honesty of identifying unhealthy relationships and the causes. And that gives us pause to go, oh, and then the permission, but you guys, for you women who all have given us permission to say, if we are in an unhealthy relationship, here are steps of how we can um, identify them and leave them and end them. And it's good. I think for a lot of us women, As pe- and for me, I'll speak personally, as a people pleaser, you just want to have everybody mm-hmm. with you and never end anything because then that's bad and a broken relationship is bad. But it's bad if you stay in an unhealthy relationship. Absolutely. And I think that the Jesus part where you say Jesus is love putting that against the relationship, is this a loving relationship as Jesus loves and -hmm. and kind of like look at that example. So Mm -hmm. thank you all. I wish we had way more time. This is a really important Mm -hmm. conversation. So thank you, Deborah and Sue and Ellen and Mary for your time. And I think there's a lot of, of our viewers and listeners who have learned a lot from Today, And if you want more information about these incredible women and the work that they do, go to seeherelove.com. There's lots of blogs and resources and good words for you there. And as you look for love and healthy relationships in all the right places, we're here for you because we're doing the same thing. Ensuring we have healthy, life-giving, and robust loving relationships in our own lives. We're praying for you and always know you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us.